It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And it's Friday, and that means it is behind enemy lines day with the Bergen Records and Locked On Giants colleague, Art Stapleton. But before we get into our joint podcast with Art, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On Giants with Art, and Locked On NFL Draft, which has tons of great information as we get ready for uh, the scouting season. And please check out my humble website, PackerReport.com. If you've ever considered signing up for Packer Report to get the world's best preview or ticket discounts or gear discounts at Fanatics, I would encourage you to go to the website some point on Friday, you know, late morning, early afternoon. We are going to have a great deal, which hopefully will persuade you to take the plunge. It is a great deal, and it's going to last only for a few hours on Friday. So uh, please check that out, would you please? Thank you. And before we get going here with Art, a couple of quick notes from Thursday. Only two guys did not practice. Running back James Starks was one. Cornerback Quinton Rollins was the other. Cornerback uh, Demarius Randall was full participation. Wide receiver Randall Cobb was limited participation. I thought Randall's moving around pretty good with that knee injury. The Packers obviously need him for Sunday's game against the Giants. I thought Cobb wasn't moving around quite as well, but was moving around better as practice progressed. And it was cold. I mean, unbelievably cold. If you live in Green Bay, of course you know this. If you don't live in Green Bay, it was one degree with a wind chill of minus 17. Blissfully, Mike McCarthy uh, kicks us out before they went outside. They went outside for about 45 minutes. About a half hour into the locker room session, I was talking to fullback Aaron Ripkowski. He was still shivering, absolutely shivering. And he had been in that, you know, he'd been in the in the at Lambo in, in the locker room for about a half hour at that point. Just mind-numbingly cold. And I'm talking to him. I said, Aaron, you want to put on a shirt so you can warm up? I, mean, I felt bad for the guy because he's answering questions in front of cameras for a while and a bunch of other guys. I, I felt bad. I said, God, put on a shirt. So it was unbelievably cold. It will not be that cold on Sunday. According to my handy-dandy Weather Channel app, a high of 12, a low of 7. Sunny, of course, it's you know it's a 340 kickoff, so sunny is uh, a relative term because the sun sets not long thereafter, but... A low of someone, so not quite miserably cold like it is around here now, but it, it, I, th- I think the weather probably is something worth watching here is the, uh, the forecast turns into Friday and Saturday, because you know how it is. Uh, the weather is subject to change. And with that, let's get into the main event, our Locked On Podcast Network Behind Enemy Lines podcast with Art Stapleton of the Record and Locked On Giants. 
This is Bill Huber from Packer Report and Locked On Packers with Art Stapleton from Locked On Giants and the Record. How you doing, Art? I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for uh, for doing this with me. It should be a, a cold one on Sunday. High at 12, I saw. It's uh, actually warmer. It's like 2 here today, so 12 will, 12, 12 will feel like a heat wave by comparison, but you guys, you guys are used to it too, so. Yeah, yeah, we're about, uh, I think it was 29 today, so uh, it's balmy here in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the mood like over there? It's been, obviously been a long time since the Giants have gotten to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, uh, five years, it's a new regime with uh, with Ben McAdoo at the helm. Uh, I think they're they're confident. You know, they've won 9 of 11. Uh, they're a different team than what they were back in October when they, they were out by you guys in in Lambeau against the Pack. So uh, I think they're confident. I think they're aware of the challenge that awaits them this weekend. But ultimately, uh, I think they believe they're ready to go and and put on a good show on Sunday night in the uh, you know the prime window of the four uh, wild card games this weekend. Does any of what mattered in Week Five of importance? It seems like it's it was so long ago. You know, Packers have a different running back. You have a different running back. I you got all your corners were hurt at the time. I mean, it seems right. like it's an irrelevant game, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that the only relevance is the fact that they that I think that you know the, the two teams played, so they can watch some film in terms of individual matchups. You mm-hmm. know, I, I would think that you know the Giants, for example, their corners could could break down film of you know Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and and try to focus in on individually how they attack the Giants defense. But I agree with you for the most part, not, nothing really matters uh, from that night. Uh, in Green Bay, I mean, look, the Packers were coming off a bye, the Giants were coming off a short week, a Monday night where they got beat up in Minnesota against the Vikings, I mean, that was back when the Vikings were, were everybody's Super Bowl favorite to right. get there for the NFC, and um, so I, I do think that this is going to be a different style game for the Giants and the Packers, uh, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is playing at a whole other level than he was back in October. It's remarkable. Um yeah, after that, he played okay in that game, and then you know Packers went on a losing streak, and there are people more nationally than locally, but wondering if is, is Rodgers past his prime and all that, and here they are after a four-game losing streak. They've won six in a row, and he's as hot as any quarterback in the NFL. It is a remarkable turnaround, and I look at that Giants defense, and my goodness, they're second in scoring. They they stopped the run. They stopped the pass. It seems like it's a unit without any weakness. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it's interesting is that, you know, they lost – uh, the player who was playing the best for them defensively uh, right before the biggest game of the regular season for the Giants in early December when they lost in Pittsburgh. Not only did they lose a the game, they lost Jason Pierre-Paul, and he was playing at an extremely high level uh, for them. Uh, and since then, their defense has kind of stepped it up a notch. They've stuck in a couple a couple guys, undrafted rookie Romeo Aquara from Notre Dame is playing opposite Olivier Vernon. Uh, but I do believe that in the past, the last two Giants teams that have gone to Lambeau and won, uh, you've come out of that game saying how great their defensive front was. And I believe this Giants team is built on how good their secondary is. And you mentioned it in the open, the idea that the Giants – uh, had a couple guys banged up the first time they went against Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense. Now Dominique rodgers Camardi is healthy, Eli Apple, the rookie, is healthy, and Janoris Jackrabbit-Jenkins is playing at, a high, at an all-pro level this season. And I think 
the strength of the secondary, and I didn't even mention safety Landon Collins, who's in, in discussion for defensive player of the year league-wide. Uh, so this secondary is kind of where they're, where they're going. They've kind of been called the NYPD, the New York Pass Defense. Uh, I prefer NYPD Blue. I think that, that, <laughs> that's even better, yeah. They've put on a good show so far this year, but I think it's the secondary against Aaron Rodgers will be what we're watching as opposed to the Giants' defensive front in the past against Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back in 07 and 11. Do you think PR Paul's going to play, or is it too early in the week to be asking that question? I don't think JPP plays this week. Uh, initial initial timetable was four to six weeks for the recovery. Uh, he's at four now. He showed up yesterday at practice, kind of dancing around a little bit. He, he's definitely a leader on this team emotionally. Uh, so I believe he's in the building, in you know, in the facility with the players, with the team. Uh, but I think. The earliest that he's going to be back would be the divisional round if the Giants get past here. Uh, but I would not expect to see Pierre Paul in uniform on Sunday. But, hey, stranger things have happened. I mean, the guy pulled off a miracle last year uh, to actually play when everyone said his career was over when he, he blew off parts of his hand in the fireworks accident uh, two summers ago. So uh, if anyone can do it, it'd be JPP. But I, I think uh, I think we're at least another week away from him getting back on the field and trying to uh, to get back and, and make a run at this thing for the Giants. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what what do you corners do so well? Is it is it contrasting styles there with with those three? Well, they're fi- the, the Giants like to play bump and run physical on the outside, and what they've done is it, you know. DRC is the guy who's kind of making all of this happen. Um, he's not going to get the most attention, which is what, you know, Jack Rabbit will get the, the most attention. He, he's gone, you know, mano a mano with Antonio Brown, with uh, A.J. Green, with Des Bryant twice. He's the guy that's probably going to follow Jordy, I'm guessing. Uh, but they've been physical on the outside. Eli Apple is a more physical corner than DRC. But DRC accepted the role to kind of move inside and play that slot corner. Um, and he's the versatile guy. I mean, he's the fastest man on the, on the team, uh, and he's playing slot. So it, I think that's kind of where they come. They're very versatile. They're deep. They have a couple guys at a corner, a Trevin Wade, a Cody Sensabaugh, who come off the bench. Uh, and Veteran Leon Hall is playing a lot of free safety right now. Uh, he's kind of, the, he was the nickelback. He was signed here to be the nickelback uh, and backup DRC. And he's kind of emerged as that free safety option in the back. And he's, he's kind of mixed well with Landon Collins the last couple of weeks. So I think they're versatile and I think they're aggressive. And I think that's kind of worked to their benefit. So is, is this Eli Apple, is he the other corner one when DRC's in the slot then? Is that how that works out? Well, believe it or not, Eli Apple is, is the starter. I mean, they consider all three their sure. starters because they play a lot of nickel. Uh, but if you're going to see the Giants in base defense, you'll probably see Eli Apple and Janoris Jenkins on the outside, and DRC will be on the sideline. You know, the last okay. couple of years, DRC, he's broken down. He's played a ton of snaps. He has a nerve issue in his leg. Uh, but the last two years, he's had to take snaps off. Uh, I think they created a great plan this year going in where they were going to limit his snaps early on. They were going to 
make sure that he didn't take the kind of pounding that he had the last couple of years. And now he's fresh, he's healthy. Uh, but I think they have a lot of trust in Eli Apple. And, and they're going to ride Apple and Jenkins on the outside. Uh, and then obviously if something were to happen to either one of them, then DRC would bounce outside and someone else would come into the slot. All right. You, you mentioned Landon Collins as a, as a player of the year candidate. What What's... What's allowed him to make that second-year step? Obviously, a teammate with uh, Clinton Dix at Alabama. That's a, that's a pretty good couple safeties. Yeah, Landon, uh, I actually had him on Locked on Giants a couple days ago. He, he was great. Um, he talked about you know the growth and the step. And a year ago, if I had sat down with him and talked to him about, you just finished your rookie season, you took a lot of lumps, don't worry, next year you're going to be you know considered one of the defensive uh, player of the year candidates. He said, I would have looked at you awkwardly, but I would have said, I'm the kind of guy who, who focuses in on goals. And if you gave me that goal, I would work every day and fight towards that. Uh, Collins, when he's playing forward, I don't believe there is a better safety in the league. Uh, I think he, he attacks the run. Uh, he's a legit if you would consider a prototypical strong safety, he's the guy who will come up and hit you. He'll play the run. Um, he's done better in coverage this year. Last year, teams took advantage of him because he was guessing and he wasn't comfortable necessarily. And, you know, there's a lot of attention to Steve Spagnuolo's defensive system. He's the defensive coordinator here. He was the D.C. in 07. He came back last year. It's complicated. There's a lot to learn. And Landon Collins, as a rookie, had to come in and learn a lot. And he struggled at times. And I think that knowledge is paying off this year, a year later, plus his physical skills have been given an opportunity to take over. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Um, gosh, with with Eli, this I mean he he's gonna be one of the all time great Hall of Fame conversations, isn't he? I mean he's got two he's got two Super Bowls. Well, otherwise, I, otherwise the stats are kind of ho hum. I mean he's gonna be like the all time Hall of Fame discussion. Well, what's funny is you say his stats are, are ho-hum, or at least the perception is that his stats are ho-hum. But he's going to be in the top ten all time in every passing category by the time he's done with his career. Uh, his durability is right. obvious, obviously uh, his number one asset. Probably his durability and his poise, uh, especially in the playoffs. I mean, there's been a joke around here the last couple of weeks, the idea that will playoff Eli emerge. Right. You know, the Cruz, who was there in 2011, joked with me last week that, you know, it's not like Eli goes in the back of the equipment room, pulls out a cape, <laughs> and is okay, ready to go. It's playoffs. But the thing about Eli is that, you know, they, they trust him. And I think he, when they played the last time in Green Bay, Eli did not did not trust necessarily everything that was going on around him. His offensive line was leaking on the edges a little bit. Uh, Clay Matthews got after him. Uh, I think he didn't trust his receivers, and he missed a lot of throws. You know, we talked about the relevance of October 9th. The thing that I look at that night is that Eli Manning had opportunities to take the advantage downfield, and he missed throws. If he hits one or two of those throws this Sunday – that game from earlier in the season completely flips around, and I think that's what the Giants are counting on when it comes to Eli Manning in the postseason. I mean, the Packers, Packers fans are plenty familiar with what Eli can do in a close game in the fourth quarter, and i got to imagine that uh, there will be a lot of cheeseheads sitting on their fingers if it's a close game and Eli has the ball late, and I think there will probably be a lot of Giants fans, including the Giants themselves on the sideline, 
are kind of thinking, here we go, Eli's going to take us to victory again. It's amazing all that history works. I mean, it's been so long, but, I mean, if you could have thrown out any playoff match, I think Packers fans, this is this is the team that no one wants to face. I mean, yeah, the defense I mean, is great, I, and the offense, while the, the stats might not be great, there, there's there's enough big-name firepower there where you're just kind of thinking at any given moment they could put up 30. Yeah, the Giants, I mean, I think another aspect of this game will be the Giants' uh, run game, which has picked up over the last eight games. I think they averaged 68 rushing yards over the first eight games, and now they're averaging over 100. I think it's like 108, something like that. Uh, rookie Paul Perkins got his first start last week against the Redskins and went for over 100 yards. It was the first 100-yard game for the Giants this year. And we know how good the Packers' run defense has been. Uh, they completely dominated the Giants uh, you know, on the ground in the first meeting. So I think that's kind of another place where you want to see a relevant change if you're the Giants, is that you have to run the ball a little bit and get Eli into that balance mode. Because if he gets a run game, then all of a sudden he can attack downfield. And with all the injuries in the Packers secondary, i got to imagine that the last thing they want to see is Odell Beckham Jr., Victor Cruz, and Sterling Shepard running free down the field because somebody bit up on uh, on a play action. Yeah, no doubt. You know, Green Bay's run defense, that was the last game where Green Bay's run defense is just lights out. They've been pretty ho-hum down the stretch. Now, some of that is because they, they play so much nickel. They played some really good quarterbacks, and they've had to protect their DB some. So they've kind of, you know, I'll say kind of surrendered some run game, figuring, well, you know, whatever, we'll go up some yards. You know, there's been games where they played dime the whole game against Detroit. Wow. On Sunday, they basically, their safety Morgan Burnett's played linebackers. They just played dime to get an extra pass coverage guy in there. So some of that's that, but Green Bay's run defense has not been dominant for quite a while. And you're right, if you can't stop Perkins, and you're giving Eli second and six and third and three the whole game, where he can go play action, and man, it's going to be a long night against that god-awful Packers secondary. I mean, well, that's what the Giants are hoping for. I mean, look, it's the Giants' offense hasn't scored 30 points all year. And if you had said that at the beginning of the season, you would probably predicted, you know, four and twelve, uh, five and eleven for this team. Uh, the fact that they've been able to do what they have with this offense yet to click, um, you know. I mentioned Beckham, the idea that he's going into this game. And the last time we saw the Packers, he was coming off of the Monday night game in which uh, he was in the national spotlight and the focus and uh, his his uh, behavior got the best of him. And, you know, we, we remember what happened and he went to Green Bay and he had the kicking net and everything else. The, the reality is, is that this is Beckham's chance to take the spotlight in the playoffs. I mean, for all the great players on this field and the two quarterbacks, I think if you took one player, non, non-quarterback, to, to, who could carry the, the team to victory this weekend, it would be Odo Beckham Jr. And I think that'll be a very interesting aspect to this game is see if, if the Packers can put so much attention on that, on him, what will the Giants do elsewhere in order to kind of draw that attention away from Beckham? You know, I make the, the comparison earlier this year, we always talk baseball. You know, the Giants' defense is kind of like that, that, uh, that ace, that ace pitcher. You know, you, you, you take it to the seventh inning and it's 1-1, and then all of a sudden Beckham gets up with, with two on and two out, and Beckham hits the home run. He's done it many times this year. He did it against Dallas. He did it against Baltimore. 
if he can get in that position again to do it against Green Bay, all it takes is one, and I think that's kind of how this offense has been built this season. This is Art Stapleton of the record in Locked On Giants, Bill Huber, Packer Report, Locked On Packers. Art, the floor is yours. What do you want? What do you want to know? Well, I, I you know, I think uh, for, from your perspective, I, I want to know what <clears throat> what the mood was when you know when Aaron Rodgers kind of made his you know, well, we're just going to run the table kind of thing, and and did people buy in? Was it similar to the relax? message from Rodgers a couple of years ago or is this is this kind of taking the, the Packer fan base by uh, by surprise a little bit? Yeah, I would say it's taken by surprise. You know, when he did the relax thing, it was so early in the season. You know, this time they're 4-6, they're and six, they lose 4 in a row and he says it at, the, at his locker and I'm thinking, okay, you have to say that, but come on. You guys stink. Your defense stinks. You haven't been great. You got you got a million guys injured again. I, I you have to say it. I'm not believing it. No one's believing it. And I think a lot of the fans didn't believe it either. Um, I th- at that time the fans wanted Mike McCarthy fired. They wanted Ty Thompson fired. They want guys benched. I mean, they're you know it is a furious fan base, and it's it's taking everyone by surprise. I mean, hell, there 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 are two thousand unsold tickets here for this game yet. And yeah, some of it's the weather. But some of it is, I think, a fan base that's still a bit caught off guard by what these guys have done. It's uh, it's more impressive than relax, in my opinion, because of these these guys were dead to the world. But it shows you really are how little we know, right? I mean, we we think we know stuff, but at the end of the day, we're not in the meeting rooms. We don't get to see all the practice. We just get this small snippet of things, and we just don't know. And you know, I, I guess you have to give those guys credit for believing, and it wasn't just empty talk. Get the sense, uh, and, th- and this has been great, Bill. I-, I always love these crossover episodes on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So this is this is great stuff for us to do. And I know we did one back in October, and it was well received. So I, I really appreciate you giving the time for this as well. Um, with the Giants' history at Lambeau and the idea of 07 and 11. You know, it's funny how we talk about how October 9th of this season is is essentially irrelevant. But the history, it seems, is going to hang around this game on Sunday. You know, Tom Coughlin's face uh, nearly frozen off. And (laughs) Brett Favre's last pass is a Packer. Uh, you know, Corey Webster intercepting it in overtime. Lawrence Hines' foot that is still a little black and blue after kicking that game-winning field goal in 2007. Um, do you sense that you said that the Packer fan base, the idea of seeing the Giants, is there a, any type of like revenge factor for for these Packers? The idea that you know what. This ain't happening again, kind of thing. I mean, I know there aren't many players left over from from eleven, let alone oh seven. But is there that that idea that you know what we're not letting the Giants come here again and do what they did to us the last two times? You know, we we played them here. No, I don't think so. I and mean, I think it's fortunate you just said there there are just so few guys here. Um, you know, the average age of the Packer average Packer is like twenty five years old. I mean, they're like the third or fourth youngest team in the league every year. I mean, it's just a revolving door players. So. You know, Rodgers was here, and Clay Matthews, and, and Morgan Burnett, and, and a handful of others. But it, it's just, there's so many fresh faces. Now, with that said, I think you, this is a demon here for Aaron Rodgers. And you don't want this hanging over your career again. I mean, you might have to face these guys in 2018, you know? I mean, you, you got to, it's, it's, it's legacy building, I think. And I think 
it's it's time for these guys to win another Super Bowl, and and to to get to that, you've got to extinguish these demons along the way. So I, I would think maybe there's some of that, but no, I don't think it's any great motivational thing, other than other than I think they'll probably get sick of being asked about it by Friday. But no, I I think it's it's pretty ancient history. Gotcha. Yeah. Other than you know what, it's it's Eli Manning and the Giants defense. And like you said, it's a different Giants defense, but it's still a damn good Giants defense. Just they're just doing it a different way. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, can you uh, can you bring an extra blanket for me on Sunday? <laughs> you, yeah. The uh, if if you if you sit by the glass at Lambeau, it's a little bit chilly. So yeah, I'll, I'll bring a blanket and a space heater for you. That that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> but again, it's Locked On Packers and Locked On Giants. Make sure you listen. Oh, anyone listening to Locked On Giants now, make sure you listen to Bill over at Locked On Packers, and hopefully vice versa, because we've got a lot of great coverage going on uh, this weekend. So. I really appreciate you uh, you having me on, though. Yeah, I need to go check out that Landon Collins podcast for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He was he was uh, he was great. I had a lot of good things to say about Aaron Rodgers as well. Before I let you go, who wins? You know what? I've gone back and forth, and, and the more I get close, the more I'm buying into this Giants secondary. Uh, I really think that they match up well against the Packers, um, and, and I do think there is something to the history with this team. I, I think they're, the idea of the first game, uh, the Giants kind of have that chip on their shoulder after the way the game ended, and um, this team has been very good to compartmentalize and focus in on one team. Uh, if it was before Sunday, before they went down and did what they did in Washington, I probably would have picked the Packers. But I'm leaning towards the Giants right now. I, I, I say 2017, and why not? Let's have fun. Say a game-winning field goal by uh, old Packer uh, nemesis Robbie Gold, uh, who's, who's done a good job taking over for Josh Brown here with the Giants. Yeah, I kind of see the Giants, too. Um, you agree? I, I think the Giants' ability to... I don't say nullify Green Bay, but at least slow it down. And I don't know how the Packers' defense slows on the Giants' offense. I, I think, I think the Packers' weakness is uh, is the big problem here. And I, I think Eli Manning will make enough plays, and it'll be a, a, a you know twenty-seven to twenty-four kind of game. Wow, interesting, Bill. It's interesting to hear you say that. I'm sure there will be a lot of people listening to the Lockdown Giants and be very happy to hear that that uh, prediction from you. And it comes with the caveat that I'm 9-7 and seven with my weekly pick. So as I always preface it, what the hell do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we always preface it, right, Bill? It's all of us. That's right. <laughs> awesome, Art. Appreciate it. See you up here on Sunday. Definitely. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for listening as always. I greatly appreciate it. As I like to say once in a while, I wouldn't do it without you because I have no interest in listening to myself talk for 30 minutes every day. So once again, my sincere thank you for listening. Uh, Again, please check out PackerReport.com with an unbelievable subscription offer for you. Have a great day. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. And I'll talk to you from Lambeau Field on Sunday night. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? 
Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.